Welcome into another edition of the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Count on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi, can your internet do that? We are rolling with our NFL Top Draft Prospects Series for 2022. And next up, Charles Cross. He is an offensive tackle for Mississippi State. If you don't know anything about Charles Cross, he is consistently uh, ranked in the top 10 for most draft boards. Some of them even have him as being the top tackle taken off the board. Now, I know the Texans have re-signed Laramie Tunsil, but I will remind you that a lot of these tackles play on other parts of the line. So we'll also ask our beat reporter, Chrissy Freud. She covers Mississippi State sports for Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, where else he might fit in for NFL teams. And uh, just a little bit more about Charles Cross. He was only a redshirt sophomore, so only two years where he started for Mississippi State. And why now? Why is now the year that he wants to come out uh, into the draft. Why not stay another season with the Bulldogs? But, you know, he is coming off a stellar 2021 performance. He allowed zero sacks, just five quarterback pressures, over 553 pass blocking snaps. That's per pro football focus. He started 12 games last year at left tackle. He also won the whole trophy, which is presented to the top collegiate offensive lineman in Mississippi. And he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school in 2019. So, a lot of positives for Charles Cross, and Mississippi State also just had their pro day on March 23rd. So whatever questions he needed answered, it seems like he got those answered in pro day. And what those questions are, I will let Chrissy explain. But first, Texans fans, Xfinity delivers the fastest internet in Houston, so you can do more of what you love. Stream the game on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi network and keep your home team happy with a reliable connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi, can your internet do that? All right, let's get right into it. It's beat reporter Chrissy Freud. She's a lead editor and writer for Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner. She covers Mississippi State sports, and we're talking about offensive tackle Charles Cross. Chrissy, welcome in. Excited to talk a little Charles Cross with you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. All right, so first off, I know he was a highly touted five-star recruit coming into to Mississippi State, and he's garnered all sorts of awards, All-American, first-team All-SEC but what went into his decision to enter the draft process now and not stay another year at Mississippi State? I mean, he's only a redshirt sophomore. So can you tell us a little bit about why now was the time for him to enter the draft? Yeah, well, I think if you look at the draft order and kind of this class and all of that, it was just time. I don't really think that he had a ton to build off of moving forward. I don't think that obviously when you have a guy that's projected by some analysts to be chosen quite literally at first overall in the first round. I, I really think that from a draft stock perspective that he didn't see anything else uh, that he needed to do or anywhere to grow and that it was just kind of time to go. All right. So what can you tell us about some of the strengths of his game and what impact he has when he's in the lineup for that Mississippi State Bulldogs offensive line? Well, they nicknamed him Sweet Feet because his footwork is so good. That's an area that he's really solid in. I think that's something that's really important, especially at the next level when you're going up against these really talented edge rushers who can change direction on you. I think that his athleticism, I think his athleticism is probably the thing that you hear the most about because you can't be an offensive lineman in the air raid without athleticism. It's a very different type of system. There's wider splits in this offense. Uh, the two-point stance is utilized more than the three-point stance is. That's something that's different from a lot of schemes that that's kind of to eliminate the glut. And there's a reason for that. And it's a lot harder to stop from the players that I've talked to who have gone up against it. 
But I think between the footwork, the athleticism, the versatility at pro day, he played right tackle and left tackle. He has a lot of core strength. He really seems to push guys around pretty much at will. And then he keeps his form because offensive linemen, you want them to stay square, which is even more important than whether or not they're gaining or losing ground. So I think tangibly that he brings and that those are all really good things. And then as far as intangibles go, uh, he's quiet, keeps his head down and works, but it's a quiet confidence. Like every, every once in a while, and he doesn't really say much in interviews, but every once in a while they'll ask him something about like the run blocking that, that stigma that's kind of surrounding him right now. And he'll just say things like watch the film and just leave it at that. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the run blocking because it seems like you, you mentioned the air raid offense under Mike Leach and, and while his numbers were so good in that offense, the fact that they didn't really run the ball as much as maybe say other teams, that's, of became a knock against Charles Cross but you know what have you seen from him as far as his preparation for teams that may want to use him more obviously in the NFL they're going to run the ball but you know what can you say about his improvements or his strengths when it comes to run blocking yeah well I think that as far as run technique goes that kind of stuff um I saw that Matt Miller tweeted something that a scout who had been watching him and noticed a lot of improvement in that just this season alone and as far as the run blocking goes in general, the issue that we have here, and this expands beyond just him, is that there's this thing that goes on in college football whenever a player is going on to the NFL. If they were not asked to do something, slowly this narrative builds that not only were they not asked to do it, but that they can't do it, which is hardly ever the case. And I think it's important to note that Charles Cross committed to Mississippi State in 2018 and his true freshman season was in 2019. So you'll notice that that's when Joe Moorhead was here. And that's someone who ran the ball a lot, used the quarterback power run quite a bit, really utilized his running backs. They had Kylan Hill here. And so this wasn't a team that passed the ball much and really did not do well through the year at all. So that's what Charles Cross was recruited to come do. So that means they saw him as a good run blocker and he was actually praised for his abilities as a run blocker in high school. But then whenever he starts to take off is when Mike Leach gets here and he's doing a lot more in pass protection. So I think really you have with him a much more well-rounded player than people realize that is not only versatile, but that could possibly be equally as good in run blocking as he is in pass blocking and, and has already had the ability to do it. I think there's a lot of people that kind of have created this narrative that don't really recognize the fact that he was not recruited straight into the air raid offense. All right. So 2018, Joe Moorhead recruits Charles Cross in, in 2019. He becomes a freshman at Mississippi State. He plays in three games and then red shirts the rest of his true freshman year and doesn't come back until 2020 when he's starting at left tackle. Walk us through that 2019 through 2020. What went into the decision to sort of red shirt the rest of the year? What was he working on and, and how did he sort of use that time to improve his skill set? Yeah, I think it just had a lot to do with with basic technique, the growing pains as well of just being a new player uh, at the college level. So I think it was just perfecting those small aspects of his game. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, that was something that really showed up and just the preparation he put in really blossomed this past season, which is why he's experienced uh, such a huge rise and why it's kind of hard to view anyone as better at this position than he is at this point. And I also noticed that Joe Moorhead, whenever he was recruited, saw this player coming out as someone who would eventually develop into a first rounder. So I think he stayed on that path pretty steadily. All right. You mentioned pro day and, and Charles cross showing some versatility there. He, I've seen him get compared a lot to Laramie Tunsil, who's left tackle here for the Texans. Laramie started off his career at left guard 
And Charles Cross, he, you said he played a little bit of right tackle. He's obviously played his entire career at left tackle. But what can you tell us about his versatility should teams want to use him somewhere else on the offensive line? Yeah, I think at Pro Day that he showed that he could play on either side of the line, which is something that's really important and something that we've we've seen in the NFL that would kind of give him an extra edge because you'll see other players get drafted and then they'll realize that someone else does better on this other side of the line or something like that or something will change and it's better to move this player here. So I think the fact that he's able to play in multiple spots, which I think is something that will become even more apparent as he goes on to the NFL level is something that's going to make him even more of an asset for a team. But I think uh, just between everything that he brings to the table and his ability to do well with the run and then with pass blocking as well, I think is going to make him someone you can plug in and will make an immediate impact just from day one. All right. You said he was pretty quiet. What is he like personality wise? What else can you tell us about Charles Cross, the person? Yeah, I think that just as far as interviews went, he was he was a man of few words. I think that he's someone who likes just to let the film do the talking for itself. I think that he would rather show people what he can do rather than boast about it, which I always thought was interesting because he might have been the least talkative player in media interviews out of everybody, but was obviously the big headliner for Mississippi State that really put Mississippi State on the map as far as offseason pre-draft goes. I've been told that around his teammates that he's he's a big locker room guy, like a poster child for someone who you would want in your locker room. So I think that he has a good relationship with his teammates and that uh, he meshes well on that even if we don't see that in interviews as far as him talking about himself that he just likes to go out there and and show everybody what he can do and the person that he is and let that do the talking as opposed to talking about it all right chrissy what can you tell us about some of the other mississippi state draft prospects that we could look for maybe day two day three of the draft other other guys that uh, might be getting selected this year yeah i think martin emerson jr that was a really big big one for our secondary over here at mississippi state because ahead of the season Mississippi State was touted as having possibly the best secondary in the nation. His interception total is low, but I don't think that that's really reflective of the talent that he has. I think that he's someone who could be picked up potentially on day two, uh, someone who did a lot for this defense. And then I also think that Makai Polk is probably one of the most underrated wide receivers in this draft, because right now he's either supposed to be a day three pick or he's more likely not going to get drafted at all. But I thought that his the consistency that he showed here uh, the route running ability that he showed here was really good. And I think that just it, it's a matter of that a lot of people weren't really watching him. They had their eyes on some of the other wide receivers. So I think between that, the speed that he brings to the table, that he's someone who could potentially go in and kind of surprise people. Because I think he finished out the season with, I believe it was the second highest total of receptions in the nation. I think it was tied and then the most in the SEC. So he was someone who was just play in and play out was going to be reliable. And then I don't know if you've heard of just the concept of running hot and running cool with wide receivers, but to run cool means someone who can play the next play as uh, someone who's not going to let the play before it kind of affect the way they run or the way they play the next play. And he was, he got a lot of praise from our coaches for the way that he was able to do that. All right. Good stuff. Looking forward to seeing where some of these prospects land. That's Chrissy Freud. She's a lead editor and writer for SI's Cowbell Corner. She covers all things Mississippi State sports. Chrissy, thanks so much for the time. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. Great insight from Chrissy. And I learned something new there. 2018, Joe Moorhead, he recruited Charles Cross to play in his offense, which required a lot of running. And then 
Of course, we know the story with Mike Leach and his air raid offense, and that's what Charles Cross ended up doing. So versatility shown before he even stepped onto the field because he was able to switch and perform in an offense that was probably the opposite of what he thought he was signing up uh, to play for. So it'll be interesting to see where Charles Cross and some of these other uh, draft prospects from Mississippi State land. She mentioned Emerson, Makai Polk, uh, among others. And, and, you know, maybe one of them could land here with the Texans. You need to listen to Texans All Access every night, 6 to 7 p.m. with John Harris and Mark Vandermeer. And check out the Harris 100 on HoustonTexans.com because draft, the draft is just around the corner. I can hardly believe it because... We're just a few weeks away, three, four weeks away from the draft, and the Texans have five picks in the top 80. So any of these guys could be Texans. That's going to do it, though, for our podcast. Stay tuned for more from our NFL Top Draft Prospects series, and you can always go back and listen to the other ones. Just uh, you know, check it out on iTunes or wherever podcasts are heard, also on HoustonTexans.com. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, go Texans.